It's time to pull up a chair and open your Bible for today's Bible study segment of Naomi's Table. Now, here's our teacher, Ruth Christian. Good afternoon again, ladies. It's good to be with you as always. Uh, Today we're going to um, do a little topical again. We're going to spend more time looking at the world system and its opposition to God and its temptations that draw us away from God. When John says, do not love the world, that also happens to be in the present tense. So he's saying, as a way of life, do not love the world. This world is the invisible spiritual system opposed to God and Christ. First John 5, that we'll be looking at down the road a bit, verse 19, tells us the world is under the sway of or the power of the evil one. It's Satan's system for opposing the work of Christ on earth. The world is not the believer's natural habitat. The believer's citizenship is in heaven, Philippians 3, verse 20. James tells us the world and its system has its own wisdom that's earthly, sensual, and demonic. It says that in James 3, verse 15. Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 3, says the believer has three enemies, the world, the flesh, and the devil. And what we can see here is that these enemies are certainly suggested by the terms earthly, that would be world, sensual, that would be flesh, and demonic, that's devil. So they're related. Oh, how we can see the truth of James 3.15 reflected in our world today, can't we? Worldliness is not so much a matter of activity as of attitude. Our attitudes come from our thoughts, and we're told in Romans 12, verse 2, do not be conformed by the world, but instead be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God worldliness, love of the world, will affect your response to the love of God and will affect your response to the will of God, both of them. Doing the will of God is a joy for those living in the love of God. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. But when a a believer loses her enjoyment of the Father's love, she finds it hard to obey the Father's will. Because quite likely, she's out of fellowship with God. Remember, fruit of fellowship is joy. When you put these two factors together, we have a practical definition of worldliness. Anything in a Christian's life that causes her to lose her enjoyment of the Father's love is worldly and must be avoided. Responding to the Father's love which is your personal your personal devotional time, and doing the Father's will which would be your daily conduct, these two are tests of worldliness. So we have to ask ourselves, do we pass these tests? Many things in the world are definitely wrong, and God's word identifies them as sins. Some are a few of the tragic effects that the love of the world will produce in the believer's life. For example, It will cause a turning away from the Lord's work and other believers. 2 Timothy 4.10, in that verse, Paul says, For Demas has forsaken me, 
having loved this present world and has departed for Thessalonica and some other places. So Demas loves the world, and it's resulted in him leaving ministry and forsaking Paul, his ministry partner. One of the other effects love of the world can do is produce alienation from God. James 4.4, it says, adulterers and adulteresses. And of course, here it's referring to being unfaithful to God. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. That's pretty clear. Friendship with the world, enemy of God. Another effect that we lose when we're in the world or that we have another effect on our relationship with God that we have if we're worldly is it produces corrupting sins in your life. Second Peter 1 4 says uh, he's talking about the promises and he's that God has given us and he says you may be partakers of the divine nature because of them having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. So In other words, when we by faith choose to live out God's promises, we become partakers of the divine nature through the life of Christ in us, and we will escape the corruption that's in the world through lust. 1 John 2, these verses are 15 through 17 that we looked at um, yesterday, the last time we met. We have seen that this verse further describes the corruption in the world. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it's of the world. Lastly, love of the world opens up us up to deception by false teachers. And, and Paul's, or not Paul, but uh, who are we studying? Oh, yes, John. John is going to, he, it's a problem. I, those are his, the ones that he's writing to are being deceived. So deception by false teachers is definitely effect will happen when you love the world. First um, John 4 that we, aren't, we haven't gotten to yet, verse 1 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And in Second um, John, another letter that John wrote, and he was refuting false teaching in that one, too, and false teachers. In verse 7, he says, For many deceivers have gone out into the world who do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. We fall prey to philosophies, psychologies, so-called higher knowledge of these false teachers when we're worldly, and we will be deceived. Some of you listening might say, that will never happen to me. Well, I hope not. But remember, John was writing to those who knew the truth, and they were beginning to be drawn to the things of the world and deceived by false teachers. John was trying to bring them to their senses by teaching truth to counter the lies. This is a warning to us. These two things are affecting believers and the church in a major way. So what's the solution to the temptations of the world system? The solution to love of the world is to have a greater love for the Father. The Christian who seeks daily to please God in everything and who strives for spiritual growth through prayer, 
study of God's word, as a desire to witness to others, need not fall prey to the temptations of the world. Remember, the world is passing away, but he who does the will of God abides, remains in, continues with God forever, 1 John 2.17. This is not a prayer, not a wish, not a spiritual-sounding desire. It is a fact, and it's folly to follow hard after the things of the world. There's a great Old Testament picture of this New Testament principle. I like this. Pastor and Bible teacher David Guzik shared this in his commentary notes on this verse. He says this, It's powerfully illustrated by the life of Lot in Genesis chapters 13, 14, and 19. Lot attached himself to a true spiritual man named Abraham. Yet he was selfish and chose for himself what seemed to be the most lucrative without considering the spiritual implications of what he was doing. He became financially prosperous, but pitched his tent toward a wicked city, and that city was Sodom. After a while, he was sitting in the gates of the city as one of Sodom's civic leaders. He had worldly status, he had influence, he had wealth, and he had comfort. Yet it was all taken away in a moment when the judgment of God came upon Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot put all his eggs in the wrong basket and was burned by the fact that the world is passing away, unquote. Oh, dear sisters, let's live for the eternal. Let's stay in the love of God and do his will for our lives. And we will abide with him, remain in him, and continue with him forever. Eternal life and the eternal rewards that will be ours as a result of loving our God above all else will never pass away. Until next time, stay close to Jesus and keep looking up.